Our gospel reading for today uh, takes us back into the gospel of John chapter 15. The reading begins in the fifth verse. As you're able, I invite you to stand for the reading. Jesus says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. But if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, so prove to be my disciples." As the Father has loved me, so have I have loved you. Abide in my love. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. So do you remember that old story about the little girl who wanted to learn to play the piano? You know, she just knew how to do chopsticks, right? Maybe you've heard the story told as I have where she encountered a maestro in, in a, a large concert hall. But in the retelling of this story that I read this week, uh, in this case, she uh, desiring to want to learn more and her parents wanted her to know and learn more, brought her to and arranged for her to have lessons at the maestro's home. And as she uh, entered into the home with her parents, she saw the great room with the great grand piano. And before the maestro had even come in or invited her uh, to that space, she, with enthusiasm, ran up to the piano and began plunking out chopsticks. Now, her parents were somewhat mortified by her lack of protocol, right? Especially as the maestro entered the room and and they were about to pull her back, but he uh, stopped them and quietly sat down next to her. And if you remember the story, he began to play alongside her and with her. And with those chopsticks being plunked out and with the gifts of the maestro, a beautiful masterpiece emerged. Can't you just hear him whispering in her ear, keep playing, just keep playing. In the scripture text today, we're invited to remain, abide, continue to be with the maestro, the creator of the universe. And he sits next to down to us and says just keep playing for lasting fruit for a masterpiece not based on our great gifts but on the gift of the maestro of the the true vine which is Jesus the Christ for lasting fruit we must abide we return to this text again today because this is indeed on a Reformation Sunday where we stand 
and where we still stand. On our own, we might be able to do much good. We might be able to work hard, raise our kids, succeed at work, generate wonderful ideas. But apart from the maestro, apart from the true vine, which is Christ, will it last? Will it last? It's almost as if it's a short-term fix, like an addict who gets a fix and it feels good. But eventually, it doesn't last. And on our own, that which we do by ourselves, not only will it not last, but it will kill us. True beauty comes from true fruit, from abiding, from being a branch that's connected to the true vine. And we don't do it alone. As we are remaining and really reforming, the Reformation really reminds us to abide, as we sung in the hymn today, abide in the word. Even Martin Luther, the pastor who called the church to abide in the word, to remain in the word, to be reformed by it, as he was connected to the branch, uh, as a branch to the true vine, did so by the power of the maestro, the power of Christ who was with him. What he did finally and simply, ultimately, was to re- invite the church to remain attached to the true vine, which is Christ. And he didn't do it alone. On October 31st, 1517, now 504 years ago, he wrote a letter posted that day to Archbishop Albright of Mainz. It would soon be posted on the door of the church in Wittenberg. But kind of like an email when you CC it with a a few more folks, and almost like sending it to all. Martin Luther didn't just send it to the archbishop. He sent it to a few friends who were copies of this letter to what he expected to be a robust and important uh, academic and uh, church debate to encourage the church to come back to and remain in the word and abide in Christ. What he didn't expect was one of his friends, who he'd sent it to, a printer, Christopher Sherrill, would use the internet, I mean the printing press, to send it out all across the country. And in fact, even then, by January, it was translated from Latin into the vernacular of of that country, Germany, And so the people were reading it. It got all over the place, even all over the world, even into the hands of uh, Henry VIII in London. It took the whole body of Christ as the maestro was playing through Martin Luther, who was plunking out his chopsticks, that God would use in this Reformation was born, a return to God's word. A transformation that would take place in the church and in the whole world. It's no wonder that at the end of the 20th century that Luther would be called the man of the millennium. But really, he was just 
plunking out chopsticks and the maestro came alongside of him as he pointed people to the word and God transformed the world. So as this same word is with us today, this word, not only do we read it, but it reads us. And today in our lives, we can hear again. What, what does it mean first that Jesus is the true vine, the true Israel, the true God? We'll come back to that as we've been sitting with this text over a number of weeks. Secondly, we'll talk about what does it mean to be attached as branches to the vine together? That we do this work together. And what does it mean to bear much fruit? Bearing much fruit, that, as we hear in the text today, that will even include a deep prayer life. So what are we attached to is the first question. We're quick to attach ourselves to a great many things, aren't we? I don't know about you, but I'm often tempted to think that I need to be the maestro. That I need to be the one to generate the ideas. And it's about what I do. Of course, that doesn't bear fruit that will last. It's, as I've said, like an addict who goes to a source that won't last, like alcohol or porn or drugs or even adrenaline or maybe even workaholic tendencies like some of us have or the drive for success. Some of that can be good, but all of it as a source for lasting meaning and bearing fruit When it's centered around us, when we ask the question, what's good for me, it all ends up just killing us. To remain in Christ is to remain in the truth. How can we trust that abiding in Christ, that attaching ourselves to being attached by Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit to the true vine is in fact the source that we can trust. Well, I want you to know that when Jesus said, and it's good to remember, when he said, I am the true vine, that phrase, I am, would have been heard by the Hebrew listeners at the time. It would have drawn them all the way back to the Old Testament. When God introduced himself and said, I am, I am who I am. Jesus is very clearly in these I am statements in the gospel of John, letting us know that he is none other than the same one true God who was with us at the beginning in creation. The same true God that rescued his people from Egypt and Pharaoh. The same God who was with King David and the same God who is with us now. Now, some progressive scholars in a, uh, in a book that uh, I noted in some of my research this week are still trying to say, well, this, this whole business of Jesus being God and understanding him as, as uh, in a Trinitarian, the whole Godhead as a Trinitarian, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, oh, that just came hundreds of years later in Christian thought. And that's just not the reality of history. The reality of history is, is that Jesus in this 
letter from the Gospel of John, this early text that archaeologists will tell us came early on. We hear Jesus telling us himself to his listeners, I am. Make no mistake, by calling himself the true vine, he's attaching himself to the story of Israel and he is letting us know that he is God. Or as one author put it, in other words, God has married his self-revelation to the story of Israel, which has the effect of narrowing speculation about his being and his nature. Or in his book, Richard Bachman, the book God Crucified, puts it in these theological terms. He said they did not have to break with Jewish monotheism in order to do this. He structurally, the Jewish monotheism was structurally already open to the development of Christological monotheism. What does that mean? That, that this idea of God revealing himself in three persons wasn't upsetting the monotheism understood in Judaism. It was a continuation of the revelation that God had already begun. We can trust, therefore, that Jesus is who he says he is. Guaranteed for us when we see in history his death and resurrection. And so, as another scholar put it, he identifies himself as the true Israel. By adopting this imagery and applying it to himself, Jesus is declaring that one standing in the people of God depends no longer on a genealogical uh, connection or descent from Abraham, but one's vital connection to himself. To be a part of the vine, then, is to be a part and connected to Jesus. And so we can, you and I, attach ourselves to something that is real and true. The true vine, which is Christ, the one true God. The second thing to remember as we branches are attached to this true vine is that we don't get attached as soloists, but rather ensembles. As we heard in the reading from Romans today, though many, we are one body in Christ, individual members of one another. We're connected together with the true vine, which is Christ. And it's no wonder that God works with us in relationship like that, God who exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, one God revealed in three persons, lives in relationship. And no wonder you and I hunger for relationship if we're made in the image of God. Why is it that humanity hungers for such deep and abiding relationships? Because we're made in the image of God who lives in relationship. Theologians call that the perichoretic nature of God. And so we branches attached to this vine are connected to God and to one another. Just as God 
was at work through Martin Luther, but it took the whole body of Christ for that reformation to fully spread throughout the world. God is at work through us as you and I as individuals attached to the vine, but also us together. It's why it's so important that we are connecting in fellowship groups and Bible studies and serving together with one another. And when we're connected to the true vine, we produce much fruit. And we bear fruit that will last. And that comes to this third reality. A fruit that includes a prayer life. I mean, what does he mean by asking for anything? Uh, It's as if he dares us to pray. Ask for anything. It's in the context of that same kind of prayer that we hear in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. It's in context of being attached to the vine that we pray in that attachment for God's will to be done and his kingdom to come in our lives and in the world around us. And so we bear much fruit because the maestro continues to whisper in our ear, keep playing, I'm with you. We bear fruit that will last And what does he mean by prove that we're disciples? Well, Jesus is telling us that, like what we heard in the book of James a few weeks ago, you can't disconnect faith and works. That when you're connected to the true vine, that that it will, just like a healthy vine, will produce much fruit. Friends, we live at a time where people love to take a stand, post a meme about it. But is it something that will really last? Do you know that you have a true vine, Jesus Christ our Lord, who invites you to connect to him, to be connected? He makes it possible by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you know That in that connection, he calls us to be connected with one another, to hold each other accountable, to cheer each other on. Do you know that he invites us through that connection then to naturally bear much fruit, to lead people to Christ, to share the love of God to those who are broken and hurting? Did you know you have that daily calling? And you don't have to play chopsticks alone. The maestro is sitting up there next to you. Abiding with him will transform everything. Hear the whisper in your ear. Let him create a masterpiece through your life by abiding in him, by staying connected as he has designed us to. And by bearing much fruit, fruit that will last. On this Reformation Sunday, let that be, let that be our cry as we remain in his word and remain in him. That we here we stand, here we abide, and we can do no other. Amen.